Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. And my name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. And we're back. We're back for the 129th part du session. Uh, getting back in order. And Matt, let me be the absolute last person to say to you, Happy New Year. Aw, thank you. I'm sure no one else will say it at this point. Uh, just you. That is very yeah. true. That is very true. Yeah. So we, we are, have... we're recording this in we're recording this in April of 2019. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just getting ahead of the game. That's all. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, just... it's all guess. It's all guesswork from here on out. So folks, if, if we get anything right, like the LD numbers or when the things are happening, we're just, we're just kind of guessing at this point. So hopefully it comes true. See how good our prognostication is. What do you mean? Just guessing at this point. <laughs> That's true. I didn't need that qualifier of the at this point. Yeah, you faithful 17 know that we just guess on all this. You're well aware. So we're going to start today with public hearings that are scheduled for January 15th. And we have four bills to discuss today. Four bills coming before the committee. Let's get into it. Okay, so the first one is LD 1855. It's an act to include student absences for mental health or behavioral health needs as excusable absences. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. And one, I think one of my favorite things about this bill is one of our typical favorites. It is short and sweet to the point. It is one, it removes one word and then adds in eight more words. That's not bad. Good job That's on it. counting. Good job on counting, by the way, Matt. I'm just guessing at this point, remember. No, that's true. Oh, that's true. It is April. So, <laughs> so what this does, uh, this current law accounts for just illness for absences, but this bill also recognizes that mental and behavioral health is as important as sickness when it comes I am, to being excused. Yeah, and personally, I'm very excited about this bill. I think it's long overdue, um, especially given the increase and the significant mental health needs of so many of our learners and our um, students. Our yeah, if, if nothing else, it brings up the conversations with uh, community members that it, it's okay that you, you don't have to lie to get out of school anymore, right? If right. You're, if your kid is not having like the best of days and needs a day off for whatever reason, you right. don't have to say, oh, Matt's got a doctor's appointment. He won't be in all day. Or if Matt's not feeling well, it's just, no, let's just have those conversations and how do we support them in school? So, right. Let's it's, it's, it goes back, I think, to connecting to that uh, bill that came up last session to reduce the stigma regarding mental health that was put into all of our health curriculum throughout the schools. And so uh, this is another connection, another way of breaking down and eliminating that stigma of mental health to be able to say, like you said, instead of lying about it, saying, no, my kid needs a mental health day. My kid is, is not doing well and she needs a day just to be out. So when she comes back, can we talk or get some supports in line to help her come back into the fold appropriately? I think it's a great plan. Great I, idea. I totally agree. So let's move to the next one. It's LD 1858. It's an act to protect teachers from professional teacher certificate endorsement changes. I, I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one. Well, it's, it's short, but as we talked about, I think a little bit about uh, last uh, season, as it were, uh, there are some rule changes in the works about changing certificate endorsements. 
And all this bill really talks about is if there are any changes, it won't affect any current certificates, which I think is good. Right. And also teachers that have a certificate can renew their certificates using the old rules for their certificate as long as they want to keep it from what I'm gathering. Yeah, I, I read this and, and I think the idea is great, but I do have a question Oh, okay. and, a, and, a, and a potential concern about this because this feels like the mother of all grandfather clauses. Yes. Because so what, what it would... Okay, go ahead. It's a, the great grandmother clause or something like that. You can do wow. the... You can do the the hereditary uh, ancestry.com stuff if you want to on that one. But so what I'm thinking is let's say a person were to get credentialed in say 1989 or 90, which is now 30 years ago. Okay. The requirements then were different than they are now. And now there are some more requirements for things like students with disabilities, et cetera. A lot of other things, exceptionalities and whatever it might be. So what this bill kind of allows for is that if you were certified then, do you then have to go through those new certification hoops now? This kind of says to me that they don't, when they might might be better off if they were to have done that. Now, granted, I know that by this point, they should be all up to date on certification and all up to date on those things that have changed. But I'm thinking in 15, 20 years from now. I guess that's possible if... I see it from a way that if I already have a certificate that's professionally endorsed right. and that is what I am, am doing and the, the, the certificates will change, but I, I guess I'm just not assuming this, the, the requirement's going to change that much. I think they, they might get split up like, like we've seen, but if you've got one, you've got one and why should you be punished for having a certificate and just the whims of the state decide to redo it to be better. But why should I be punished from that as a teacher if I'm doing all the same things I need to do to renew my regular certificate? See, I'm interested in that your use of the word punish there because I don't see it as punishment. I see it as an issue of continuous reflection, continuous uh, learning at that particular level. So if you want to continue your endorsement, it shouldn't be a thing where they're just jumping through hoops. I don't want that. And I think that if the things are the same, that's fine. But if there have been some significant changes in electrical engineering or in the way that we teach mathematics, like there have been in the last 15, 20 years, then I would think that there should be some changes in how we go about certifying and endorsing folks in those. And we would want our teachers to be up to date on those skills and practices as well. So that's where I have a bit of a, just a question of how this would actually really go and work. So might that be your prognostication of what might happen with this bill once it gets right, to right. a committee and stuff? Um, I think that there will be some questions about that. I think that um, I think that there will be some questions about that. Wh- whether or not, if you get deep into the weeds with the law, there might be some other wrinkles into it that go against everything that I'm, my questioning here and I just, that would require me to actually work and read into the law, which you oh. know I'm just not just not about. Yeah, we don't do that. So we don't do that. So it could be a completely moot point, but in, in or as Joey Tribbiani would say, a moot point being a cow's point of view. Um, so come on, it's a friend's reference. Um, so <laughs> yes, I think I'll, everybody I'll, listening got it. 
<laughs> See, that's the best. That, again, if you haven't learned by now, I have to explain my jokes. That makes them even funnier. <laughs> they are um, so awesome. Yes. So it's one of those, if it's a moot point, that's all fine and dandy. But just from reading the text of what's coming in and the summary of what's coming in, that was my initial response, my initial thought of, is this going to be the mother of all grandfather clauses? To mix a couple of weirdo metaphors. So yep. as always, you can find out the answers when we review the testimony and see where it's going. And when we talk about the work session, listeners will be able to follow up on that just as Matt just described. So why don't we move to the next one? We've got two left. Uh, the next one is LD 1860. It's an act to establish a process for the consideration and implementation of changes to school curricula. This is completely new language, all of it. Yes, it's good. It's all underlined. There's a lot of underlining, which as we know from our legislative history lesson teaches us that it's new language. Yes. So um, what this does is it requires that if there's going to be something that's going to be an added teachable thing for students, if there's going to be some more curriculum, some more instruction, something else that the students have to learn and or perform in order to be successful, or that the teachers have to do, before it goes even to the education committee, the Education Cultural Affairs Committee is going to meet behind closed doors and they're gonna decide whether or not this is gonna add that undue burden onto the students and or teachers. And then they're gonna require the commissioner to pull together some kind of a steering committee to look it over and to determine and then to report back to the committee when it's time for public hearing. Do I have that right? You have that right. I think this is a really good one because we talked a lot last session about all the new curriculum updates that people wanted and you had to have right. a bill talked about, uh, in which case, you know, we got a lot of cursive, we got a lot <laughs> of uh, social studies standards get updated with Native American stuff and personal finance are now required. The and, Holocaust gets added in. Yep. So th there's all kinds, if you remember back to season one. And right. I was talking with one of my teachers here today about this. And she was saying, you know, all of these things are really good ideas and they come from a good place, yet there's only so much time in the school day. How do yep. they expect us all to get it? So I think this is a nice interim step to step back and, and say, okay, if we want to implement, let's, let's go with cursive since I brought it up. What does that actually look like in schools? Is that something that we can do in our existing way that we do? education now or is it going to be added and if so uh, the language says uh, the look including the availability of resources staff expertise the number of required courses of study available hours of instruction those are all things language from the law that this review committee will have to look at to see is this a viable option or is this going to be something new and if it's new how do we support it as a state so I think, it's, right. I think it's a really great step to see uh, all, it might cut down some of these uh, superfluous requests. Uh, and I say that a lot, I just said a lot of them were, were come from a good place, yes, but a lot of them are also superfluous at the same time, or they're superfluous right. as uh, Joey superfluous. might say. Yeah, you might. Yeah, see, I have very mixed feelings on this. I'm 
I'm oh. very, I, because I agree with you 100% that that's the intention of this bill. And we know that you know, last session, there were over 200 bills that just came before the Education Cultural Affairs Committee. And we know, as we learned last session, that any legislator can put together a bill. Any legislator can put something together and throw it out there as a title, come up with some language, and from that point, you know, make what they need to they want to say. And I think that this bill, what it is intended to do is, is like you said, to slow that, to stop that. My concern with it, and I think that's a great thing. My concern with it is when you, when it comes time to public hearing, when it comes time to curriculum needs and curricular additions, the Department of Education is already supposed to provide testimony to these things. So they should already be kind of going through and saying what they think, looking at what's, the, what's already happening with it and providing information and potentially a recommendation to the Education Cultural Affairs Committee based on these very things. So my question is, to what extent is this going to add an additional significant burden to the Department of Education, which is already overburdened and understaffed, when they should already be doing this anyway, and does this bill, in a way, which like you said, was, is supposed to um, reduce that level of those, of just adding these 200 bills, these yahoos, et cetera, just, just throwing it wherever they want to, it's supposed to kind of reduce that. Well, maybe the problem isn't by adding a new step of bureaucracy, a new step of a committee, but it's to say to the legislators, knock it off. That may be it too. Because it's not the Department of Education's problem that these bills are getting thrown in, but the responsibility is for them is now being put onto the Department of Education to justify or to not justify, and then to pull stakeholders together, teachers, curriculum leaders, principals, superintendents, assistant superintendents, tech directors. Well, these are all folks out in the field. We don't have a whole lot of time to be pulled into these stakeholders. And if there are out of the 200 bills, let's just say 50 of them are related in this way. That's 50 committees that have to be pulled together from an already understaffed, under an over, overburdened DOE. So, That's one of my main concerns here is that the DOE already does this in their testimony. They already should be doing this when they provide testimony on these bills. So are the they're just not being are they not being listened to? Where, where is this coming from in that way? Or I know where it's coming from. I know that. So I'll get off my soapbox now. I've talked for long enough. <laughs> so because, I'm gonna, and I'm spent. I throw my camera. You're all done there. Good. Uh, here's where I'm going to push back on that last part a little bit. I'm going to assume yeah. that the DOE is, has already been informed of this bill and approves of it. Uh, and I'm, oh, that's fair. I'm guessing, but I'm looking at the people who present and co-sponsor, and every single person is on the education committee. Right. So I'm going to assume, across, and it's across party lines, and it's across party lines also. So I, I'm going to assume that that the commissioner is on board, and I don't think you're going to need those 50 different committees. I think you need one, and they can look at them all at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. So if you if you have you know like a standing well no but that's not how it will work though 
because these bills are going to come, they, they come out at different times. They get their language at different times. And so they get before the education committee in, 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 in staggered formats. So before they can even come to committee, they're going to need to go to the education cultural affairs committee where they behind those closed doors, as it says, without a public hearing, briefly and informally review the proposal. They're going to have to do that for all of them. So they're going to get all that language ahead of time. I just don't think that's how they all work. It may not happen all at once, but I can see it happening. Uh, like a meeting would be monthly, maybe. I think that okay. would be reasonable if you had a standing committee and you had, you know, 10 people yep. on the table. Hey. I, like I said, I, I, I love the concept idea of this is, and that if the concept and the idea is to provide, provide some more control and some stopping points to some of these bills that are pretty much unnecessary and add an undue burden onto our teachers and our students, I'm all for it. I'm 100% all for it. My, when I read this from the perspective of a lot of, this was what came up in my head of how is the DOE going to do this? And isn't the real problem the legislators at this point? not and we're just pushing that pushing that problem away from them so they're still absolved they can still do whatever they need to do and now it's someone else's problem i think that that may be true i took it uh, in a way that they were working together in order to streamline their business also as legislators that they don't have to have hearings about every single one uh, necessarily because in one of the recommendations okay. of section three it says the commissioner may recommend that no legislative action be taken, which right. means it's just canceled. Yes. And I think, I think that's where the, the, I interpreted that as a partnership rather than, uh, you know, putting work onto somebody else. Yep. I'm excited to hear this one. Yeah. This, this is, this is, this, this is a fascinating a bill. Well, we like it because it's related right to curriculum for once. It, it, it is. And that's what we do. Right. So here's our next one. Also follows right in the same vein. It's LD 1894. It's, it's an, an emergency. Oh, oh, I didn't even see that. Uh, it does have some whereases, so we're already it in. Has, it's, but it it's is not a resolve. Not, nope. But it has uh, whereases. It's LD 1894. It's an act to incentivize the purchase of electric public school buses. And, you know, our faithful 17 clearly know how well-versed we are on anything money or financially related. Yeah, and transportation. Um, it all times, this is like our bill right here, I would say, Matt. But also our Faithful 17, this should sound familiar because when we interviewed, sat interviewed with Senator Eloise Vitelli, this is her bill. What? And she brought it up and talked with us about it. So we had an inside track, Matt. We had some insider knowledge on this one. Hopefully the SEC won't come after us. <laughs> It's it's recording this in April of 2019. It's oh, amazing. right, right, right. It's amazing. No, because that means we interviewed Senator Vitelli also in April, and, uh, you know, she was just ahead of the game herself. Just She's that good. She's just that good. That good. Uh, so what does this bill do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, so we already said there's some whereas is. Uh, the yes. state has a goal to be – uh, a fleet of 100% electric school buses by 2040. So if the, world, if the world's still around by then, it's a good goal. Uh, it doesn't cool. burn up. Uh, they are starting to adapt up. for buses to include electric options. It requires to develop a training program for mechanics, for drivers, and for transportation, transportation directors. And it assesses a need to increase the staff of the DOE transportation department 
to make this happen. So it's a very ambitious goal to get all electric by 2040. How do you see but this going? I see it going okay, because I think a lot of people are gonna say, well, it's so far in the future anyway, we might as well start. Uh, and I know that some school districts right now are requesting electric school buses. So why not start the process of figuring out, so what does that mean for us as a state? I like it. Yes. I, I think it's a, it's a great goal. I think it's something that we should be looking forward towards and, and moving towards. What um, I do want them to hear, find more information on is how this impacts rural Maine versus uh, the urban and more suburban areas of Maine. So I think one of the things that, that is going to come up in testimony uh, by somebody, I'm not uh, sure who, is have an inventory of the current electric school buses in the state and where they are because as as you just mentioned i'm sure that will come up because is this going to affect uh you know northern and down east maine a little bit more than it is in the southern part uh unsure because i don't know where any of those electric school buses are right now me neither so i am going to assume Here, here's where i know they are not they are not in my kitchen cliff clavin to the rest oh You I'm do, impressed. You do, friends. I am impressed. I can do chairs. I so. am in color. Color me. You know, I have just ascended to cloud nine. That was amazing. That was wonderful, sir. I thought you were going to finish that as color me impressed. And then I would say congratulations to you for having a nice replacements lyric reference. Oh. So thanks a lot, color. Matt. Yeah, I, I ruined that one. I'm, I'm just glad you didn't go to the color me bad line. Oh, no, I, that was out of my brain until right this moment. So Yeah, you, so you're welcome, everyone listening, for that. Oh, now yeah. that's in your head. You know, I so, met one of those people once. On the Color Me Bad reference, I think we're going to end because we don't have any more bills to talk about from the 15th. That's it. So if you want to keep following us you want to, or want to know what's going on with us, uh, we will be posting new episodes, a lot of information coming out from the Education Cultural Affairs Committee right now. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Maine Ed Matters. Follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Maine Education Matters. We have a website, uh, maineeducationmatters.weebly.com. Up there, you can see our 2019 bills spreadsheet, which all has all kinds of colors and information on it, and a brand new, update, an updating 2020, 129th session spreadsheet to keep track of all the bills, where they are, when we've recorded, and what's happening with them. So lots of ways to stay in touch. Also on our website, if you want to be on the podcast, there's a whole page. Send us a note. Say, hey, I got something cool to share. I got something great to share. Uh, we're doing some amazing things. There's a lot of genius things happening in our state. Let's share them with each other because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And, uh, of course, if you see us out in the wild, say, hey, listen to the pod. One of the faithful 17, we are mandated in our bylaws to get, you, get a selfie with you. Although it's not a selfie if it's more than one person. It always bugs me saying that. But to get a picture of us, and then we'll put it up on our website as part of our faithful 17 listeners. Maybe this year we'll get to 20. I doubt it, though. I doubt it, too. I doubt it, too. With that, we are concluding January 15th, and we will see you next time with some more previews or reviews. All right, bye. Bye.